welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Yay! Hey everybody, it's your girl Wynn Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for everyone, everywhere, all over the world. Now, of course, y'all, we can see that not to be so within everyone or everywhere by the darkness that envelops the earth. Yet, I begin every thought with that positive idea to put it in the atmosphere, to serve as part of the elevation of the collective consciousness of mankind. As the heights of our collective consciousness increase, then the collective consciousness being full of those higher thoughts of love, joy, and compassion can fill the places where there may be lack with the loving energy from our own mighty I Am Presence. And when we think on a thing, it acts. And every act causes another act, be it negative or positive. So, let us all continue being loving to one another and continue sharing our thoughts and ideas of positivity to defeat the darkness, because it truly matters, not only for ourselves, but for all the world around us. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and life, and y'all be loved. The I am. We often do not sufficiently recognize the truth of Walt Whitman's pithy saying, I am not all contained between my hat and my boots, and forget the twofold nature of the I am, that it is at once both the manifested and the unmanifested, the universal and the individual. By losing sight of this truth, we surround ourselves with limitations, we see only part of the self, and then we are surprised that the part fails to do the work of the whole. Factors crop up on which we had not reckoned, and we wonder where they come from, and do not understand that they necessarily arise from that great unity in which we are all included. It is the grand intelligence and livingness of universal spirit continually pressing forward to manifestation of itself in a glorious humanity. This must be affected by each individual's recognition of his power to cooperate with the supreme principle through an intelligent conception of its purpose, and of the natural laws by which that purpose is accomplished, a recognition which can proceed only from the realization that he himself is none other than the same universal principle in particular manifestation. When he sees this, he sees that Walt Whitman's saying is true, and that his source of intelligence, power and purpose is in that universal self, which is his as well as another's just because it is universal, and which is therefore as completely and entirely identified with himself as though there were no other expression of it in the world. The understanding which alone gives value to knowledge is the understanding that, when we employ the formula I am, therefore I can, therefore I will, the I am with which the series starts is a being who, so to speak, has his head in heaven and his feet upon the earth, a perfect unity, and with a range of ideas far transcending the little ideas which are limited by the requirements of a day or an hour. On the other hand, the requirements of the day and the hour are real while they last, and since the manifested life can be lived only in the moment that now is, whether it be today or ten thousand years hence, 
our need is to harmonize the life of expression with the life of purpose, and by realizing in ourselves, the source of the highest purposes to realize, also the life of the fullest expression. This is the meaning of prayer. Prayer is not a foolish seeking to change the mind of supreme wisdom, but it is an intelligent seeking to embody that wisdom in our thoughts so as more and more perfectly to express it in expressing ourselves. Thus, as we gradually grow into the habit of finding this inspiring presence within ourselves, and of realizing its forward movement as the ultimate determining factor in all true helpful mental action, it will become second nature to us to have all our plans, down to the apparently most trivial, so floating upon the undercurrent of this universal intelligence that a great harmony will come into our lives, every discordant manifestation will disappear, and we shall find ourselves more and more controlling all things into the forms that we desire. Why? Because we have attained to commanding the spirit and making it obey us? Certainly not, for, if the blind lead the blind both shall fall into the ditch, but because we are companions of the spirit, and by a continuous and growing intimacy have changed, not the mind of the spirit, but our own, and have learned to think from a higher standpoint, where we see that the old world saying know thyself includes the knowledge of all that we mean when we speak of God. This may seem a very elementary proposition, but it is one of which we are too apt to lose sight. What does it mean? It means everything, but we are most concerned with what it means in regard to ourselves, and to each of us personally it means this, it means that there are not two spirits, one which is myself, and one which is another. It means that there is not some great unknown power external to myself which may be actuated by perfectly different motives to my own, and which will, therefore, oppose me with its irresistible force and pass over me, leaving me crushed and broken like the devotee over whom the car of Jagannath has rolled. It means that there is only one mind, one motive, one power, not two opposing each other, and that my conscious mind in all its movements, is only the one mind expressing itself as, not merely through, my own particular individuality. There are not two I am's, but one I am. Whatever, therefore, I can conceive the great universal life principle to be, that I am. Let us try fully to realize what this means. Can you conceive the great originating and sustaining life principle of the whole universe as poor, weak, sordid, miserable, jealous, angry, anxious, uncertain, or in any other way limited? We know that this is impossible. Then because the I am is one, it is equally untrue of ourselves. Learn first to distinguish the true self that you are from the mental and physical processes which it throws forth as the instruments of its expression, and then learn that this self controls these instruments, and not vice versa. As we advance in this knowledge we know ourselves to be unlimited, and that, in the miniature world, whose center we are, we ourselves are the very same overflowing of joyous livingness that the great life spirit is in the great all. The I am is one. The Hidden Power, by Thomas Troward, 1921. Isis Unveiled, Volume 2, Chapter 1 We find it rather unwise on the part of Catholic writers to pour out their vials of wrath in such sentences as these, in a multitude of pagodas, the phallic stone, ever and always assuming, like the Grecian battleos, the brutally indecent form of the linum, the Mahadeva. Before casting slurs on a symbol whose profound metaphysical meaning is too much for the modern champions of that religion of sensualism par excellence, Roman Catholicism, to grasp, they are in duty bound to destroy their oldest churches and change the form of the cupolas of their own temples. 
the Mahodi of Elephanta, the Round Tower of Bangalpur, the Minarets of Islam, either rounded or pointed, are the originals of the Campanile Column of San Marco, at Venice, of the Rochester Cathedral, and of the modern Duomo of Milan. All of these steeples, turrets, domes, and Christian temples, are the reproductions of the primitive idea of the lithos, the upright phallus. The Western Tower of St. Paul's Cathedral, London, says the author of the Rosicrucians, is one of the double litha placed always in front of every temple, Christian as well as heathen. Moreover, in all Christian churches, particularly in Protestant churches, where they figure most conspicuously, the two tables of stone of the mosaic dispensation are placed over the altar, side by side, as a united stone, the tops of which are rounded. The right stone is masculine, the left feminine. Therefore, neither Catholics nor Protestants have a right to talk of the indecent forms of heathen monuments, so long as they ornament their own churches with the symbols of the linum and yoni, and even write the laws of their god upon them. Another detail not redounding very particularly to the honor of the Christian clergy, might be recalled in the word inquisition. The torrents of human bloodshed by this Christian institution, and the number of its human sacrifices, are unparalleled in the annals of paganism. Another still more prominent feature in which the clergy surpass their masters, the heathen, is sorcery. Certainly in no pagan temple was black magic, in its real and true sense, more practiced than in the Vatican. While strongly supporting exorcism as an important source of revenue, they neglected magic as little as the ancient heathen. It is easy to prove that the sortilegium, or sorcery, was widely practiced among the clergy and monks so late as the last century, and is practiced occasionally even now. Anathematizing every manifestation of occult nature outside the precincts of the church, the clergy, notwithstanding proofs to the contrary, call it the work of Satan, the snares of the fallen angels, who, rush in and out from the bottomless pit, mentioned by John in his Kabbalistic revelation, from whence arises a smoke is the smoke of a great furnace. Intoxicated by its fumes, around this pit are daily gathering millions of spiritualists, to worship at the abyss of Baal. H.P. Blavatsky More than ever arrogant, stubborn, and despotic, now that she has been nearly upset by modern research, not daring to interfere with the powerful champions of science, the Latin Church revenges herself upon the unpopular phenomena. A despot without a victim, is a word void of sense, a power which neglects to assert itself through outward, well-calculated effects, risks being doubted in the end. The Church has no intention to fall into the oblivion of the ancient myths, or to suffer her authority to be too closely questioned. Hence, she pursues, as well as the times permit, her traditional policy. Lamenting the enforced extinction of her ally, the Holy Inquisition, she makes a virtue of necessity. The only victims now within reach are the spiritists of France. Recent events have shown that the meek spouse of Christ never disdains to retaliate on helpless victims. Having successfully performed her part of deus ex machina from behind the French bench, which has not scrupled to disgrace itself for her, the Church of Rome sets to work and shows in the year 1876, what she can do. From the whirling tables and dancing pencils of profane spiritualism, the Christian world is warned to turn to the divine miracles of Lord. Meanwhile, the ecclesiastical authorities utilize their time in arranging for other more easy triumphs, calculated to scare the superstitious out of their senses. So, acting under orders, the clergy hurl dramatic, if not very impressive anathemas from every Catholic diocese, threaten right and left, excommunicate and curse. 
Perceiving, finally, that her thunderbolts directed even against crowned heads fall about as harmlessly as the Jupiterian lightnings of Offenbach's Kalkas, Rome turns about in powerless fury against the victimized protégés of the Emperor of Russia, the unfortunate Bulgarians and Servians. Undisturbed by evidence and sarcasm, unbaffled by proof, the Lamb of the Vatican impartially divides his wrath between the liberals of Italy, the impious whose breath has the stench of sepulchre, the schismatic Russian sarmates, and the heretics and spiritualists, who worship at the bottomless pit, where the great dragon lies in wait. H.P. Blavatsky The I Am Discourses, Volume 15 It is my privilege in the service to beloved Saint Germain, to try to guard you with every bit of information the cosmic law will permit us to give. So, no matter what you see in the sleeping state or in the waking state, unless you see what you see in blazing light or in a sacred fire, which never produces a red glow, what you see, unless it is in dazzling white light, should be blasted out of your world. Now, I am trying with everything I know how, to hold protection around those under this radiation, if they will let me. But your part of the power of protection is too, with every atom of your being, when anything is shown to you that is not in blazing light, demand its annihilation from the universe, because it does not come from either your higher mental body or the ascended host, therefore, it is not of the Christ. I want to explain something about this messenger. When she asks for truth or illumination, we flash the light, and she does not give out anything unless the light has been flashed. Applause. Thank you, precious ones. Won't you be seated, please? For over 30 years she has been shown the light, blazing suns of light larger than this room. Suns of light have stood within the room where her body lay wide awake. That was the preparation of the outer self before this knowledge of the I Am came forth from the mighty Saint Germain. Let no one expect our help that doubts what the light has shown her. Now she stands your champion, as do the rest of us, but I tell you frankly, if it be necessary, which I hope it is not, to shock certain destructive forces by a release of light that will shake the bodies until the doubt be gone, if we have to do it, we will do it. But I hope it does not have to be the experience of anyone who has been loved and brought into the light thus far. So, I send this warning to the defiant forces that have doubted the light that is the strength to carry the responsibility that serves only the light. Blessed ones, I am your champion, and from tonight, if you will be dynamite against everything that is not the Ascended Master's truth of eternal light, the Ascended Master's invincible truth of the sacred fire, the Ascended Master's invincible sacred fire control of all you ever contact, that sacred fire will enfold you. Within it is the light which will reveal to you, inner and outer, whatever is necessary for you to know from time to time. And that will as certainly protect you and supply you and heal you, as you give it recognition and call it into action. It is a gift that the whole world put together cannot give. But the ascended hosts are necessary for mankind's freedom, otherwise, we would have gone on centuries agone, to higher accomplishment and the creation of systems of worlds. Beloved Godfrey Don't let anyone under this radiation get so arrogant as to say, well, I have my mighty I am presence. I don't need you or the ascended host. You have had your I am presence all through the ages, and you forgot you even had it, and you did not even know the ascended masters existed until the mighty Saint Germain brought this light. So blessed ones, when arrogance arises, the shadows unfold. 
Now I am here to bring the light of all the love the world requires, light enough to annihilate the hate of the world. Light enough to purify everything in existence can come at our command to lift mankind out of the clutches of their own destructive creation, until that creation can be consumed from the universe, never to touch any other part of life. So, as you go forward and accomplish greater and greater victories in that light, fail not to hold the picture of the sun of dazzling light. Now it can be white or silver or gold. It can be violet or blue, occasionally pink. Now, if you will demand of anything that is shown, in the name of the mighty I am presence, in the name of the ascended Jesus Christ. Show me your light. And if that which you see cannot show you a light, then it is but the manifestation of the hordes of evil pretending to be the truth of the light. We have given you an infallible means of protecting yourselves and of testing everything that comes to your consciousness, and if you will take your stand to forbid anything to look in your direction but that which is the truth and the legions of light, you will find the Christ in and around you, which your higher mental body is, holds the cosmic Christ victory in you, your world, and your affairs. Now this is a powerful strengthening activity as well as a protection and an illumination and a safeguard against being fooled by hypnotic forces that pretend to be the real, until they have caught mankind in their clutches and are on the way to destruction. We are trying with everything the cosmic law permits to hold the I am student body protected, and the only protection of that which is constructive is the power of light, the power of the sacred fire. The sacred fire does not permit the human to survive. The light, the cosmic light which we project, the light from the higher mental body, does not permit any shadow to come within it, therefore, it is the annihilation, of that which is of human creation. Beloved Godfrey. Mm -hmm.